kindly at the back, please. I am Professor Grunsplatter, and I'm the curator of this here spookatorium. For these doors are wonders and horrors, maybe even a laugh or two. From the dark corners on every street today, all back through recorded time. You'll hear music and tales of the unknown, mysterious, and perhaps even diabolical. That's right, folks. There are strange things beyond this threshold. But if you weren't curious, you wouldn't be here. So, will you take a chance and come on in? Or will you saddle up to the concession stand and always wonder what you may have missed? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Professor Grunsplatter's Spookatorium. There will be no refunds once you enter. Thank you for your attention, and the brave ones come with me.
search, the confusion, a lifetime of darkness. You will never get to where you're going. And no one is going to help you.
Welcome to Professor Gruntsplatter's Spookatorium. This is a Halloween episode. And that means, historically anyway, it will be a little bit longer than normal. But really, I always kind of have one foot in October country around here. Um, we open the show with Calling of the Shades by The Devil and the Universe. Following that was The Curse from Electric Dragon. And the last track you heard was Fear from Aghast Manor. And that was a project from Andrea, a.k.a. Nebelhex of uh, Aghast and Hagala's Rune Dance, among others, who was killed in a terrorist attack in Norway just about a year ago in October of 2021. Um, so a little tribute to her and her impressive body of music. Um, I've got a couple of things lined up for later. I found it a little hard to sort out what to do for this episode. There are far more podcasts now than when I was doing this before, and I don't pay attention to them like I once did. I will always try and wander off the path a little bit in hopes that I'm not treading familiar ground too much. This time, uh, I think we'll look at creepy stuff in the fog and the role that fog plays in experiences of the other. Uh, There's also a lot of music I want again, so before we get to that, here is the track from Splinter Skin, and this project itself is a little bit of a mystery. The only documented release on Discogs is Wayward Souls from 2009 that came out on Cold Spring, and there was a rumored second album uh, around 2015 much of which was supposedly recorded in a mausoleum, but as far as I can tell, it never actually came out. Uh, It's a unique record, and there are a number of tracks that would have fit right in here, but this is called Still at the Windowsill. (laughs) 
she holds the fire tight staring out into the moonlight She thinks the wind called out her name At the edge of her bed is a man with a cane As he opened his mouth and called out her name She awoke in her bed Each night the same Through the room and through her hair, she felt his arms she could not see.
mason, stonemason, carve me a stone of your finest black marble with rare abalone for the letters in white. Make them shine in the light of the watery moon, for the devil is here to make milk from my bones. I'll be leaving you all before morning comes. I'll be leaving you all before dawn. <laughs> track was Stonemason Stonemason from the Rohan Theater Band. Uh, I played a lot of them on the old shows, but I don't think I ever played that one. And that's from his uh, Cemetery Songs album. Before that was Out of Hell uh, with the Cats of Ulthar from his tribute to H.P. Lovecraft Volume 1. The Hare and the Moon was before that with The Gloaming from the Woodwitch record. And opening that set was Still at the Windowsill from Splinter Skin. This particular sidetrack was ignited by a story that I will get to a little later, but it prompted me to look into the idea of 
fog as a component of the other or the supernatural. And digging through my books, I was reminded that Dark Lore Volume 2 from Daily Girl, Daily Grail Press has a nice essay on just such things. I also took this opportunity to watch John Carpenter's Fog recently as well. Fog and mist are go-to elements that create a tense caution in so much of literature and film. It's still, it's mesmerizing, and above all, it's concealing, and it creates an environment for the imagination with endless possibilities. Strange clouds and fog have been reported in a variety of scenarios that are equated with the paranormal going back centuries and dipping into myth and folklore even before modern record keeping. Uh, Strange clouds have been tied to the UFO phenomenon. It's been at the root of ghost and creature stories and it even said to play a role in the famed uh, Agokigahara suicide forest in Japan. Reports differ slightly from regular fog and that it's reported often to be luminous as it is in Carpenter's film and there are also reports of it having a weird electricity to it causing hair to stand up like a static electricity from a balloon or something. In the UK it's often associated with sightings of monstrous black dogs, dogs large as livestock with fiery eyes that reek of brimstone. It's common in ghost sightings and luminous mist can even make its way into the spiritualist salons um, and seances. Mist and fog has been associated with everything from sightings of the Fey in the UK to strange black dwarves in Argentina, which I think I did a story about the dwarves um, many years ago on here, um, to even sightings of Christian entities like those at Fatima or Lourdes. Uh, mysterious clouds appear even in the Bible when Moses is granted the Ten Commandments and at the birth of Jesus. Point being that it is cross-cultural with different points of reference, and yet across time and geography the descriptions are very similar. The essay goes on to describe a series of cloud ship sightings in the mid to late 1800s up to relatively modern times, and there are even been strange myths associated with both the appearance of beings and the disappearance of humans. That feeds the abduction threads around the UFO encounters. Oftentimes, the people who have disappeared within the clouds have experienced missing time when they're later found. Explanations for the strange clouds range from purely natural, though still not easy to explain, to weaponized camouflage and beyond. What's interesting to me is the pervasiveness across types of experiences from black dogs to fey encounters to religious manifestations to alien abductions, which again goes back to the idea that I'm so fond of, that the experience is defined by the setting and the observer's biases. At its core, the circumstances are very similar across these events, but the interpretations become diverse based on the context. Something great.
that set opened with The Exorcist from The Flat Field, and following that from his brand new release, Death Shapes, was Morden Arrow with The Hastening, and that one just came out within the last couple of days from when I'm recording this. It's very good. Uh, after that was the Heartwood Institute with Dunwich from their All Hallows Eve EP. And finally, the last track you heard was off the Dead City EP by Encantor, and that was called Morgue Summit. A quick disclaimer, this show is not monetized on any platform. The music I play is from my own collection, and I'm playing it because I like it and I want to give it some exposure. If a band has an issue with being included on the show, you can email me at spookatorium at gmail.com, and I can see about removing you. If you hear ads on the show, it's not because I'm making money off it. It is likely because of a copyright action from an artist. I am just doing this to amuse myself.
That was Headless Horseman with Echoes of a Dimly Lit Moon from his Inhabited Shadows release. And before that was None, which is another project from the woman behind uh, Glaring. And that track was from her 2017 EP Abyss. Uh, it was called Haunter. For 300 years, the Santa Lucia Mountains have been the source of stories about the Dark Watchers. This is the area around Monterey and Big Sur in California, and perhaps coincidentally it runs parallel to the southern portion of the Diablo Range, and places with names like Diablo in them usually have a connection to weirdness as well. Uh, which came first, the weirdness or the name, um, is probably worth looking into. Anyway, the legends of the Dark Watchers seem to have originated with the Spanish settlers in the area in the 1700s, and not as is sometimes remarked upon by the uh, indigenous people of the area. The settlers began telling stories of giants draped in cloaks with large brimmed hats that stood upwards of 10 feet tall. In the late afternoon until twilight, they would stare down from the mountain and those who approached them were said to vanish from the earth. The legends were pervasive enough that writers that spent time in the region incorporated the tales into their fiction, uh, Steinbeck being the most prominent. Steinbeck claimed his mother would bring food offerings to the mountain for the watchers and would then later see flowers blooming where she had left the offering. Uh, one belief is that they are migratory entities that watch travelers along the mountain range Gifted with exceptional hearing and eyesight, uh, they're rumored to reveal themselves to those hikers who travel light and don't have a lot of technology with them. Uh, considered simply to be observant, more so than they are threatening. Um, and several reports suggest that once they're spotted, they can disappear in an instant. Uh, there's numerous theories from hallucinations to infrasound in the range of 7 to 19 hertz, which is below the level of human hearing. The people who put this forward suggest that's generated by the wind, and it's been shown in studies to create anxiety, fearfulness, and physical sensations like chest pressure or chills. Uh, some believe it's the mist on the mountain causing a disorienting effect that appears to be a moving shadow. Uh, the most popular theory, or the second most popular theory, I guess, to the idea that there are the first being the idea that there are spectral watchers in the mountains, um, is the Brocken effect. And this comes from Brocken Peak in Germany, where similar sightings have been known to occur. And if you're a Fates Warning fan, their album Night on Brocken is probably a reference to the purported strange occurrences there. Uh, it's claimed that the Brocken effect happens on misty mountain peaks when the sun is behind the observer, and it is essentially casting their shadow against the mist, which, depending on the angle, causes it to look huge and menacing, and it can disappear quickly if the mist shifts in the breeze. Those who think they've debunked this will continue to say it's nonsense, and those who have experienced will continue to feel they know what they saw. And 300 years of stories suggest that there will likely be 300 more. And now, uh, here's a fellow draped in a long coat with a wide-brimmed hat 
Uh, I was going to play The Watchmen, but I think I may have played that at some point, so here's Moonchild by Fields of the Nephilim.
That was Occults with Future from their 2020 release, Celebration, and I, I like that band quite a bit. I'm excited to see what they come up with next. Uh, before that was Brotherhood of Pagans with Resurrection, and opening the set was Fields of the Nephilim from their 1988 release, The Nephilim. And like the Clock DVA record I mentioned on the last show, uh, that record is pretty well perfect. Uh, it never gets old. Um, the last three tracks in particular all of which are pretty long, or I would have played one of those, but is there a better B-side? I'm not sure that there is. Uh, so anyway, that was Moonchild from Fields of the Nephilim.
That set started off with Phileos and Spiritual Possession. Following that was Asoth Rayon with uh, the track The Grave Robber's Hill from their Underworld Narratives release. And the last track you heard was Dusk. Uh, there are a few projects named Dusk. This one is from Costa Rica. Uh, that was off the release The Relic, and the track was called uh, Relic 3. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this Halloween episode. May your pumpkins never wither. And because it's not Halloween until the king says so, I'm going to end with Merciful Fate and Into the Coven. (laughs) 